Disclaimer. In this story, we will be discussing murder and dismemberment. This chapter contains graphic details and may be triggering for some listeners. This will be the only warning. Please do not listen if you are sensitive to this topic. Hi guys. Today's episode is a listener request. So thank you to Brooke for your case suggestion. Honestly, I can't say that I would have covered this one without this request. It's going to be pretty much unknown to most of our listeners. However, I think it's probably the only case we can call local to Fox Creek, where Bree and I do our podcast from, and this is where we live. Our little town has a population of about 2,800 people. Most locals will shop at the little grocery store here in town for this and that, but Most of us need to travel at least 45 minutes to the nearest Walmart or two hours to get to a mall or movie theater or food chains or anything like that. The town is actually one of the main work hubs in the oil and gas industry. If you are in the industry or if you have a friend or spouse or family member in the industry, chances are you've heard of or been to Fox Vegas. That's what we call our little town. Some of us call it Fox Vegas and it's because everything Every retail that we have is on one main strip and it's along the highway. So we uh, lovingly call it Fox Vegas. In 2015, our transient population would sometimes grow to over 8,000 people. And these people were, they would utilize our infrastructure. So staying at our hotels, shopping at our local little grocery store, shopping at our drugstore, And most, if not all, were here to work in the oil field. Crime is mostly drug-related around here. We have some thefts and that kind of thing. I can't remember the last time we've had an actual murder happen within the town limits, though. The community feels safe from big city crime. Bigger concerns in this area are wildlife encounters, like what do you do if you see a bear, Um, that kind of thing. That's always going to be an ongoing issue here. More recently, our listeners may remember the wildfire scare that we had back in May, where we were forced to evacuate and leave the town for three weeks while wildfire threatened the area. But part of being in oil and gas country and working in this industry is sometimes having to work remotely on oil and gas work sites that are far removed from even the smallest towns. The reason for this basically boils down to travel time, in my opinion. People who stay in these work camps generally work like a 12 to 16 hour workday, and that schedule doesn't allow much time for travel to and from work. Work camps are usually situated in a central location to numerous remote work sites that are more easily accessible from the work camp. Work camps are made up of modular living accommodations. They'll have like a community kitchen and a diner, a recreational facility, meaning they usually have like a pool table, shuffleboard, um, that kind of thing. It's residents who work for all different kinds of companies can typically stay for one to 21 days, sometimes even more. I myself have stayed in work camps for up to three months straight um, with Sundays off, but because the camp is too far from Fox Creek, I generally would just stay in camp on my day off to catch up on my laundry and relax. So I didn't mind camp life. My kids were grown and moved out. My dogs were well taken care of. Camp food is not great, but it's edible. 
You have a hot breakfast and supper every day. Uh, you have veggies, fruit, baked goods, sandwiches, water, coffee, tea, milk, soda. And it was all there for you whenever you needed it. For me, it was better than cooking and cleaning for myself. If I didn't like what was for supper, I'd just grab a sandwich or build a salad or even have some cereal or something. For some, though, camp life can be lonely and very isolating. Being away from your wives or husbands, kids, friends, family, it can wear you down. And sometimes FaceTime just doesn't cut it. Most workers would return from their long day at around the same time every day. Everybody would shower, get dinner, and settle into their room all around the same time, and then try to connect to the internet that everybody else in the camp was trying to use. So the connection isn't all that great. These work camps also retain a full roster of workers, from housekeepers to maintenance personnel to kitchen staff who also work very long hours. They work really hard to keep the camp rooms and all areas clean and stocked up, but unlike the oil and gas workers, these workers are in camp 24-7 for the most part. As I get into the story, I'd like to specify what I mean when I say an open camp. An open or damp camp means that alcohol is allowed in moderation in camp. I've even been to some camps where they have a lounge room where you can sit in and socialize and have an alcoholic beverage. Um, that might be like a pre-COVID thing, I'm not too sure, but I know that there are still these open camps where workers are allowed to have alcohol in their rooms, whereas a dry camp does not allow any alcohol on the property whatsoever, and they even have security and sometimes even dogs to sniff for that kind of thing. So the Burland Open Camp is located about 55 kilometers southwest of Fox Creek. Most of the roads around Fox Creek are owned and maintained by oil companies and are gravel roads with a speed limit of about 60 to 80 kilometers per hour. Travel time from Fox Creek to this camp would still be under an hour, but just to clarify, it's not like 50 kilometers that you can travel highway speeds to. To get into our story today, by the time Daniel Goodridge began working in the kitchen in June of 2015 of the Burnland Open Camp, he had been off of his prescribed antipsychotic medication for months. He was becoming increasingly paranoid and delusional, including having audible hallucinations, meaning he was hearing voices in his head. Daniel opened up to one of his co-workers that he was stressed out about a couple of things. He felt overwhelmed in his job, and his cell phone wasn't working. He wasn't able to get a hold of his family. He was feeling unwell, but he just couldn't get any help. He also confided in the co-worker that he was hearing these voices. Quote, he stated to me that these voices were on a daily basis and they were getting stronger and stronger. The co-worker had no idea what that meant or how serious it was or if it was serious. It was just a conversation in passing, and she didn't think too much more about it. On the night of June 29, 2015, Daniel couldn't sleep. He thought that his co-workers were angry with him and that he was failing at his job. By this time, he was afraid of almost everyone at the camp. He was getting more and more paranoid. The voices in his head got louder and angrier. He went into the kitchen and pulled a 12-inch butcher knife off of the wall and took it back to his room for protection. As the night grew darker, he got more and more anxious. When he heard footsteps in the hallway outside his room, the voices in his head told him, now's your chance. He thought that whoever was in the hallway was coming to hurt him. The footsteps Daniel was hearing belonged to David Dirksen, who was a 37-year-old man from La Crete, Alberta. 
David was probably just going back to his own room. This poor guy was murdered because he happened to walk down the hall when Daniel finally listened to the voice in his head. Daniel stepped out of his room, and when David turned around, Daniel started to stab him. David punched Daniel and ran away. Daniel then chased him, but caught up to David outside and began stabbing him more. Daniel later told the psychiatrist that he thought he was a surgeon. Daniel stood over his victim and he imagined David was wearing an anesthesia mask and that he was a surgeon. He cut into David's abdomen but quickly realized he knew nothing about human anatomy and wasn't a doctor after all. Even so, he began to remove organs from the victim's body. Daniel would say that he kept cutting to see the inside of the body and to find the heart to see if it was still beating so that he could kill it. He also removed an eyeball from his victim because he wanted to see the skull. Daniel later told the psychiatrist that he thought skulls were cool. Haley Dubois, who was a 50-year-old employee at the camp, was from Red Deer, Alberta. She had heard the commotion and tried to help David. She was pleading with Daniel to drop the knife and to leave David alone while Daniel continued the attack on David. David's autopsy would later show that he'd been stabbed or cut over 70 times. Daniel then turned his attention back to Hallie, who was stabbed over 11 times. He eventually went back to David's body while Hallie was able to crawl away back into the camp dorm and her body was later found curled up in a trailer. Daniel was trying to set David's body on fire. Some workers say they hid in their rooms while others fled into the bush as Daniel ran around the property with the large knife. He also threw rocks at vehicles and set other fires in some buildings. At approximately 1.50 a.m. on Tuesday, June 30, 2015, the Fox Creek RCMP members responded to calls involving a man armed with a knife attacking people at a work camp near Fox Creek. When officers arrived, they located and engaged a man who was armed with a knife. Daniel refused to drop the knife and lunged at one of the officers. They ended up firing 12 shots and wounding Daniel, and he ended up being flown out via air ambulance to a hospital in Edmonton. The Edmonton RCMP Major Crimes Unit took over the investigation into the double homicide. The trial was held in Grand Prairie, Alberta, where Daniel who was 31 by then, pleaded not guilty because of a mental disorder to charges of first-degree murder, assault with a weapon, and interfering with human remains. In the agreed statement of facts submitted at the start of the trial, Daniel admitted to the murders as well as to terrorizing others who woke in the middle of the night to screams at the camp. This is where we found out that Daniel attempted to eat portions of David's body. He would go on to give bizarre explanations for interfering with the remains. Quote, he described himself as being a surgeon or paramedic, that he was there to help Mr. Dirkson from a surgical perspective or to help him pass on, and that he wished to see a skull and a burned corpse. Forensic psychologist Dr. Andrew Hag concluded that at the time of the killing, Daniel was unable to understand that his actions were morally wrong and should be found not criminally responsible. A psychiatrist, Dr. Linka Zidkova, at the Alberta Hospital in Edmonton, who had been treating Daniel since the crime, said his interpretation was that it was his chance to kill or be killed. He felt the voice was warning him and he needed to defend himself. He had this belief that he had to kill anyone in his path, that he had to slaughter people. He kept repeating that he felt like a hunter. He needed to hunt. And I think that was his mission from then on. 
The defense did not call any witnesses. Court of Queen's Bench Justice Ken Nielsen struggled at times to compose himself as he delivered his 31-page decision in the Grand Prairie courtroom. Quote, The events of June 30, 2015 at the work camp near Fox Creek are a tragedy on every level and for everyone involved. Hallie Dubois and Dave Dirksen were truly innocent victims they define being in the wrong place at the wrong time. His desire was to slaughter anyone in his vicinity. He believed doing so was necessary to defend himself and to get rid of the angry voices he was hearing. Having reviewed the reports of experts and heard their testimony, I conclude that Mr. Goodridge did not know that his acts were wrong. For half of his life, Mr. Goodridge clearly suffered from mental health issues, likely for a combination of reasons he did not get the help he so desperately needed, unquote. And with that, Daniel Goodridge was found not criminally responsible, or NCR, for murdering David Dirksen and Hallie Dubois. The judge ordered Daniel transferred to Alberta Hospital in Edmonton, which is where the criminally insane, the, the most mentally ill people in Alberta are held. And within 45 days, his case was to be reviewed by the Alberta Review Board to determine where he should be placed. Since then, he's been held at the Alberta Hospital. The Alberta Review Board said Daniel, who is diagnosed with schizophrenia and cannabis use disorder, continues to pose a risk to public safety. Their statement said it is the opinion of the board that while he is currently being treated and is ex exhibiting no active symptoms, the risk of relapse is very high and that should he relapse, he is likely to commit a violent act against a member of the public. Mr. Goodridge is a significant risk to the safety of the public. So he will continue to be held at the Alberta Hospital on full warrant, but has been allowed to make supervised visits into Edmonton and has unsupervised grounds privileges at the hospital. And I didn't know that, and I've been to those hospital grounds, and just the thought that this guy could have been like wandering around when I was there. There was, I don't know if it was this guy, but there was a guy. There was a guy on the stairs when I walked in uh, to visit somebody. I'm just saying that's it's a little disturbing. Anyways, anyways, moving on. His behavior on all supervised passes were described by psychiatrists as excellent. Um, at the discretion of his treatment team, Daniel may be given more freedom in the future. Um, he's getting monthly injections of antipsychotic medication and has tested negative for cannabis. His mental status remains free of any psychotic symptoms and his mood is appropriate without evidence of mania or depression, which is more like bipolar, which makes me wonder if it's not more of a schizoaffective disorder that he's got schizophrenia with the mood disorder. So Dr. William Friend wrote in a letter to the review board, quote, he is polite and reasonable on approach and attends activities in a cooperative fashion. So isn't that, isn't that nice? But I mean, just like the Greyhound bus murder of Tim McLean by Vincent Lee, who was also found NCR, Vincent was released back into the public with even a new identity. We will not know if Daniel Goodridge is released unless the media tells us. I can't find a recent article about it. So it's it's almost, it's kind of scary because all these guys have to do is stop taking their medication and they could relapse. 
This is a sad case, a disturbing case, that again involves serious mental illness right here in my own backyard. And thanks again to Brooke for for suggesting this. I'm sorry it's such a short episode. I've said it before that Canadian investigations are extremely tight-lipped. There's not a lot of information to dig up on these cases that's not already publicized. And like I said, even that can be outdated. Honestly, for all I know, this guy could be out and about now. So rest in peace to David and Hallie and thoughts and prayers to their family. This has to be so hard knowing that the person responsible for taking your loved one's lives was found not criminally responsible. Yes, they're sick. Yes, they need help. But there still needs to be a form of punishment there too. Um, And consideration maybe into why did he stop taking his antipsychotics months before this incident happened? These people who are diagnosed and treated and go off of their medication is usually Yes, it's a symptom of their illness, but it's also a choice that they make and it has to be, they have to be held accountable and maybe that will help them stay on their medication. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but it has to be somewhere. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and share it with your friends. Join our Facebook page for pictures and updates on cases we've covered, as well as breaking news stories. If you have case suggestions or requests, send us an email at truecrimestorypod at gmail.com or on Facebook Messenger. Follow us on TikTok and Instagram for any related content, and I will see you next time. Bye!